Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. Australian scientists have developed a lab-grown copy of the novel coronavirus. This is the first successful attempt to replicate the virus outside of China. I'd just like to start by saying how pleased we are um, to have been able to grow this virus in a very short space of time. But much more importantly, um, that we've moved immediately to share this with our um, international colleagues to provide a toolkit um, that complements the modern molecular techniques that are so useful in diagnosis and development of vaccines and medicines. So there are some things that are just much easier to do when you have um, the virus in your hands and there are expert, expert laboratories internationally that haven't had access to the virus and so this step uh, makes it possible for a lot of things to move forward that have been delayed and we're just delighted um, to have been able to fill that gap. That was Dr. Mike Catton, Deputy Director of the Doherty Institute. Now this is crucial in the race to stop the spread of the coronavirus and ultimately to develop and test vaccines specifically targeting the new virus. The virus can be used in the assessment of the effectiveness of vaccines, particularly, and of medicines. It also gives us the opportunity to create a first-generation antibody test. Um, and that's important both in the clinical management of patients who may be late in the illness and past the point where they're shedding um, the virus that we detect with molecular techniques. And it's also really important for us to look at um, things like uh, asymptomatic infection with the virus, that possibility, or, um, sub, or mild infection that hasn't come to um, the attention of health authorities and those patients haven't been tested and identified as cases. The lab-grown virus will also enable researchers to develop a test to identify people who might be infected. Meanwhile, the Philippine Health Department has received the primer from Japan that will allow health officials to test and confirm persons under investigations. U.S. President Donald Trump has unveiled a new plan to broker peace in the Middle East. Washington frames it as a two-state solution that would designate Eastern Jerusalem as capital of a Palestinian nation. But it would also recognize Jerusalem as the undivided capital of Israel. And critics say it would leave Palestine with a mere 15% of what its people historically claim. Trump insists the plan represents a triumph for all sides. My vision presents a win-win opportunity for both sides, a realistic two-state solution that resolves the risk of Palestinian statehood to Israel's security. Today, Israel has taken a giant step toward peace. 
Among key features, the proposal would give Israel control over Jerusalem without requiring it to remove any of its controversial settlements in the West Bank. At the same time, Trump theorizes that the proposal could open Palestine up to as much as $50 billion in international investments. But leaders from Europe to the United Nations warn that limited sovereignty could actually have the reverse effect. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu supports the proposed deal. Too many plans tried to pressure Israel to withdraw from vital territory like the Jordan Valley. But you, Mr. President, you recognize that Israel must have sovereignty in the Jordan Valley and other strategic areas of Judea and Samaria. Political observers note that both Trump and Netanyahu are facing political crises at home. Trump's impeachment trial has started and Netanyahu has been forced to give up immunity in the face of corruption charges now lodged against him. President Mahmoud Abbas of the Palestinian Authority thus calls the proposal a conspiracy involving the two embattled leaders. Abbas says a two-state solution is in fact now more distant than ever. The first quarter of 2020 marks the 50th year of the first quarter storm, a seminal defining chapter in student activism that framed Ferdinand Marcos as a would-be dictator and that also defined for at least three decades student activism in the Philippines itself. In 1970, Marcos had just been re-elected president and six months into his second term, Filipino students demonstrated in solidarity with workers and jeepney drivers over rising fuel prices, pitched battles with police culminating in the barricading of UP Diliman went on for three months. Five decades later, veterans of FQS are holding a series of events to commemorate and reflect on those heady days that defined the generation that gave birth to martial law babies that had their own moment with people power in 1986. Now the first quarter stormers are grandparents to millennials and Gen Zs. Bonnie Ilagan, a former first quarter stormer himself, says the lesson from FQS is that change must address society, structures, and systems, not just personalities or even just governments. Noong panahon ko, walang Facebook, walang computer, wala itong makabagong teknolohiya. Ano? Wala yung mga flyover, wala yung, yung mga matataas na gusali. Ano? Yan ang nagbago, then and now. Pero hindi nagbago yung power relations yung merong konti lang sa ating lipunan na siyang nakapangyayari over the great uh, majority. At yan ang dapat na baguhin natin. It may not be in the manner that most of my generation did. Yung nga, yung talagang iniwan ng school, iniwan ng paaralan, nagbabago kasi ang panahon at nagbabago rin ang forma ng paglilingkod. Poet and film writer Pete Lacaba says, one reflection from FQS is that speaking truth to power is everybody's business, but the youth's energy and idealism is vital to sparking movements and keeping flames alive. Nahirapan ako magsulat ngayon eh. Pero yung mga kabataan, yung kaya pang magsulat, hindi pa. Maraming mga pangyayari nun na pwede pa rin pag-aralan ngayon at 
gamitin halimbawa para harapin naman yung katotohanan ngayon. Check out other events lined up to commemorate the first quarter storm at the website and Facebook page of the Commission on Human Rights of the Philippines. This week, meanwhile, also marks the ninth anniversary of the murder of Palawan broadcaster and environmentalist Jerry Ortega. Ortega, Doc Jerry to his audience, was shot in broad daylight in Puerto Princesa. He was killed against the backdrop of his crusade for transparency and accountability in what he saw as the misappropriation and misuse of funds from the Malampaya Natural Gas Project of Palawan. The accused masterminds, former Palawan Governor Joel Reyes and his brother Mario Reyes. Joel Reyes was released from jail in 2018 after the Court of Appeals ruled to stop the trial due to lack of evidence, while Mario was allowed to post bail in 2016. Our producer, Trisha Aquino, spoke with Mika, the daughter of Doc Jerry. Ano yung realizations mo nine years into this battle? When it just happened, I remember meeting a lot of relatives of slain journalists or even yung mga dinakip like si Jonas Burgos. Ganyan. And at that time, I think a lot of them were fighting na for like four years, six years. I remember thinking, I don't want our case to be that long Because I can't imagine spending that much time of my life just running after murderers. When he was fighting for against the Malampaya Fund scam, which is what we believe is the reason why he got killed, he was being asked by someone on the radio, why do you keep fighting for this? You're alone. And I remember him saying, tulad ko ang sarili ko sa isang mumunting kandila, sa isang malaking silid na madilim. Kahit na hindi ko kayang bigyan ng liwanag yung buong silid, alam ko na sa isang sulok ng silid na yon ay may liwanag. At marahil yun ay dapat ipaglaban. Last November, the Court of Appeals revived the murder case and issued an arrest warrant against Mario Reyes. For weeks now, President Duterte has openly waged war against big business, as he puts it, against oligarchs. First up, water concessionaires Manila Water and Maynilad have been in the crosshairs of the president. Mr. Duterte has refused to honor an arbitral win by the two companies against government. Moreover, he has threatened to arrest and file economic sabotage charges against the two firms over allegedly onerous provisions in their contracts with government. The companies have expressed willingness to waive up to 10.8 billion pesos do them following their arbitral win. Moreover, they have agreed to renegotiate their contracts with government. Veteran business journalist Bim Santos says there does seem to be a way forward. Where it stands now, both concessionaires are waiting word on how to proceed post-2022. Nagkaroon ng briefing sa Malacanang, si MWSS Administrator Salamat. So I think the main point he said there was until 2022, okay tayo. Pero the buzzword that they continually bandy about is yung onerous provisions. Eh. Specifically what it is in the contract that they deem onerous. Uh, that's what they intend to remove daw in the contract extension beyond 2022. Medyo delegado kasi yung, yung implication for the two concessionaires is They have operated for the past few years na knowing that okay sila hanggang 2037. So ibig sabihin nun, nagkaroon sila mga loan agreements to extend and improve their 
infrastructure. And ngayon na hanggang 2022 na lang. So, nanganganib yung mga repayments na yun. But beyond Maynilad and Manila Water, Mr. Duterte has set off a series of reviews of other private sector contracts with government. For instance, the concession agreement for the operations of the Light Rail Transit 1 or LRT 1, which was also awarded to the Ayala and Pangilinan groups. Then there's a finance department review of a lease contract with Chevron Philippines for a 120-hectare industrial park in Batangas. And finally, a review of the lease contract for the UP Ayala Techno Hub in Diliman. Bim Santos says government has compelled the conglomerates to renegotiate, but there's also a risk there could be a price to pay for the entire Philippine brand and economy. There have been concerns in terms of long-term implications, yung tiyatawag na sanctity of contract. Kumbaga, parang... Basically, pag nag-negosyo ka naman, for example, sa mga, especially foreign investors, you enter a country on the assumption na magkakatiwalaan mo siya na yung mga kontrata na papasukin mo, something na maasahan mo walang magbabago over the long term. So, nangyari sa midstream, nagkakaroon ng quote-unquote review. So, some investors are saying na this could have implications in terms of foreign investors uh, assessing yung long-term prospects ng Philippines. Here's some technology news that you may not have paid much attention to last week, but it will certainly affect much of your digital life in days. Recently, the Silicon Valley giant behind Google announced that it would end support for third-party cookies. Cookies, as you know, even from your first days of surfing the web, is a device, a small piece of code by which companies, content developers, and advertisers track online users. Cookies have made looking for content and transacting online easier, but it has done so by trading on your personal data and privacy. Now, Google says its dominant Chrome browsers will no longer support third-party cookies. Oweno ngayon? Here's a quick reviewer and explainer from tech writer Bob Reyes on why you should care. So yung cookie, isa siyang file na save siya sa computer mo or sa browser mo ngayon. Meron siyang information na sinasabi nga doon sa browser na uy, authenticated na tong taong to. Nakalagin na siya dati. So wag mo muna siyang hinga ng login credentials. So, siguro sa metaphor, pagdating sa building, it's something like, uh, merong ibang building ngayon, computerized na yung kanilang logbooks. So, pagka nakapunta, nakabisita ka na dun sa building na yun, pangalawang beses, hindi mo na kailangan mag-fill up. Lalagay mo lang, iscan lang nila ID mo, lalabas sa database na nakabisit ka na dati dun sa building na yun. So, mas mabilis na yung proseso pag-issue nila ng pass mo. So, yung cookie originally started for the convenience of the consumer and basically saying magkakilala na tayo. Yes. Actually right now when I go to a website and then I just clicking yes kasi I I can't wait to get inside. So ano ba nangyayari? I'm basically saying yes na. Sige, stampan niyo ako lahat at lahat kayo. Ito na yung calling card ko. Mismo, auto accept. Minsan ang third party cookie na inilo-load nila doon is more than 100. Karamihan ng websites, kumikita sila sa mga ads. So, yung mga advertisers, they generate what you call as uh, third-party cookies. Sa cookie, pwede malaman kung anong browser ginagamit mo, kung anong OS, 
to a certain extent, pwede nila malaman kung tiga saan ka, lalaki ka ba o babae, whatever, anong age range mo. Maraming information. Google is not the first company to block third-party cookies. Unang nag-block by default is Apple with Safari, sumunod is Mozilla with Firefox. So there's a clamor with uh, privacy groups, with uh, consumers na, Hey Google, bakit hindi nyo gawin sa browsers ninyo? And for, for me personally, it's still a win for people who, want, who value privacy. Now, on the other side of it, cookies of course are being used for e-commerce. Yep. What does that mean? for dominant players again like Apple and and Google when on the one hand I think obviously part of their business model is accommodating cookies from third parties yeah. but on the other hand as they remove all of those third parties their dominance is also magnified because they own the browsers not to mention, they already control a lot of uh, the information. Aside from the browser makers themselves, ang feeling ko dyan is ang may mas maraming maapektuhan yung mga publishers and yung mga website owners. Kasi especially for those who rely uh, for their income based on uh, advertising, yun, dun, dun malaki ang impact. Kasi ang reach mo biglang lumiit na naman. Yeah, kasi o ibablock na nung browser yung third party eh. From tech, we go to science. Scientists recently discovered what they say is the oldest material they've ever found on Earth. A 7 billion year old piece speck of stardust. Cosmochemist Philip Heck from the Field Museum of Natural History and the University of Chicago found the cosmic dust inside a meteorite that fell in Australia in 1969, the stardust is even older than our sun, which is just 4.6 billion years old. Dr. Heck explains more. So pre-solar grains are the tiny fraction of matter that survived the formation and evolution of our solar system. So they're kind of a the starting material from which the solar system formed. Extracting pre-solar grains is a tedious process to say the least. Scientists had to grind up bits of the meteorite and add acid, which dissolved minerals and silicates, until they were left with the acid-resistant stardust. But the experiment goes beyond unlocking the secrets of the universe. As Heck points out, understanding the beginnings of the universe ultimately leads to understanding, well, ourselves. So I think the, the search for pre-solar grains is something that's really fascinating. We want to find different types of pre-solar grains and learn about the different types of stars that form the matter from which we are made of. We are basically stardust. At yan po ang mga balitang pumapodcast. Kung nagustuhan niyo po ang narinig niyo, pakisabihan niyo naman ng mga kaibigan niyo, please spread the word. Pumapodcast tayong lahat. You can also email us at pumapodcast at gmail.com. Tell a friend. And don't forget to subscribe to Pumapodcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maraming salamat po. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 